Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here, Elon Daly, part of the Talking Tesla Network. It is September 3rd, it is a Tuesday, and Hurricane Dorian is still churning away. This gigantic monster of a hurricane just is moving so slowly. It has battered and beaten uh, the Bahamas, and it's now running sort of along the coast a little bit, but um, you know more than me because this was 24 hours ago. But a big hurricane, and we talked a little bit about, on the big show, the large show, the grand show, the Patreon show on Sunday evening, a little bit about uh, what Tesla does during these events. But I thought we should talk a little bit about it here and give you some other sort of uh, suggestions. And a lot of this is coming from an article from EV Annex posted on August 31st by Matt Pressman. Now, first of all, Elon has actually noted or Tesla has noted that what they do with software limited batteries during events like this is that let's say you've got a 75 battery in your car, but it's software limited to 60. They'll actually software unlock it and then you can get a lot more miles so that if you have to evacuate, that helps. They suggest, of course, that you go check the supercharger stations. But here's a little concerning thing. Sometimes what can happen during these events is that what the car tells you about the supercharger, it might say it's offline, but it actually could be online because of all of the electrical issues and communication issues that can occur. So don't assume just because a supercharger looks like it's gone offline, off map in the car, that it's gone. So don't just sort of drive by it if you really do need to get a charge. Just go take a look physically if it's not too far out of your way because sometimes there's actually charge there but not communication. So that is one, I think, important point. Make sure before you leave, if you have to evacuate, that you fill up to 100%. This is not the time to be saving your battery and doing 80%, but fill up all the way to 100% and don't forget your mobile charge devices. Now, there can actually be a lot of other cars, a lot of EVs on the road, so you've got to have some kind of a plan about where you're going to charge. The most important thing is to first get out of there, but also getting back. So you, you look at the supercharger map, look at the destination charges. If you've got all your bits and bobs, you can almost always find somewhere to plug in, whether it's at a hotel or a friend's house or somewhere, even though that charge rate might be small. And the single biggest thing they say is if you want to get the most range and you can get substantial range out of a Tesla by doing one thing and one thing only and that is driving slow. Yes, you should turn off the air conditioning and you should turn off the heater if you can and all that stuff. But if you really are worried and you're like, you need to go 400 miles, well, in a lot of these cars you can and you do it by slowing down. There's a huge range increase going from 75 miles an hour to 65 to going from 65 to 50. If you drive at 50 miles an hour, you can get a huge amount of range. I wish they still had that slider on the Tesla website. You can find it at other places. But I used to play with it all the time to see just how far you can go. And we know from the true hypermilers that if you get down to like 25, 28 miles an hour, then in some of the uh, upper-end Teslas, you can get nearly a 1,000 miles of range. Now, obviously, that's impractical a lot of the time. But if you're sitting in slow traffic and you've got the air conditioner turned off if you don't need it, you can probably go a very, very long way. And that is key. Most of the time, 100 or so miles off the coasts, you're much safer. And so that's all you're looking for. But that's really one, I think, one of the most important things. You can also turn on range mode in the Model S. X3 doesn't have this mode. So you go to controls, driving range mode on, and this can help a little bit. But the key thing is slowing down. Now, if you're staying at home, if you're not evacuating, then remember also fill up your Tesla, fill it full, even if you're staying home. 
And remember that you can actually use it for charging your cell phone. You can use it as a place to sit if it's really muggy outside and you have no electricity to the house. You can actually sit in your Tesla and turn on the air conditioning, and that lasts quite a long time. And there's actually an article in here about further hacks where you can hack the Tesla for power as well. But this is a huge battery. You know, if you've got a 100 kilowatt hour battery in your S, for example, that's enough to run the average American home for 24 hours times three days. <laughs> 24 hours, three days. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. It's enough to run it for three days. So uh, there's a lot of energy in there. Getting it out and plugging things in, you need to do a little bit of hacking, as you can see in this YouTube drag times have a little thing on that. But even if uh, it's just for the cell phone and sitting in the car and uh, keeping cool if it's incredibly hot outside, all reasonable things to do. And it may be, I don't know in your particular circumstance, that sitting in your car in the garage might be the safest place to be when the high winds start picking up. So they're just some of the pearls from this article. So just some pearls of wisdom, probably many of them obvious, but to some people maybe not so obvious. We were saying on the big show, the large show, the grand show, that it's important, I think, to keep your Tesla you know, charged at 80% most of the time. If you live in California, an earthquake can happen at any time. If you're in a hurricane area, then you want to have it charged about 80% most of the time. And there's really no reason not to. Electric cars like to be plugged in, and they like to be plugged in because they can draw a little energy and sort of um, cool the battery and heat the battery and that kind of stuff. So try and get in the habit, if you can, if it works for your sort of life situation, of always having your car, you know, at about 80% charged so that if something untoward were to happen, you know that you've got a significant amount of range. And in California, the other thing we have here now is fires. And those fires can move fast and unpredictably. And so having your car topped up is a good idea for lots and lots of people in lots of situations. We've been talking a lot about rooftop solar on places like Amazon and Tesla and a couple of fires and that kind of stuff. And Walmart, lots of fires, seven fires. Well, uh, that's all upsetting, but I've got some good news in the Amazon front. So Amazon has installed Colorado's largest rooftop solar array on its 855,000 square foot robotics fulfillment center in Thornton. This thing is massive. It has got 17,280 panels that span 19 acres on this roof. I Love this. When I fly into Los Angeles and other cities and I see all these huge roofs on these industrial centers that are not covered in anything except black paint, it makes me sad. The first step is covered in white paint to reflect some of that heat off if you're in a hot area, of course. And that works really well. But even better, cover it in solar panels. So they put up this gigantic array, which is going to do about 80% of the energy requirements for this quite gigantic fulfillment center. I really would like to see more and more and more of this, and it makes sense economically. It's a lot of money up front, but this quickly pays for itself, you know, the payback period in many cases of like, you know, five-ish years. The size of this array, you know, about 550 sort of traditional houses. It's big, it's large, it's huge. They didn't say anything in this article, and I'm reading this article from the Denver Post. They didn't say anything in this article about whether there's any um, battery backup for this puppy. But during the day, this is going to make some serious wattage. It was actually in 2017 that Amazon said that they're going to put 50 of these big arrays on fulfillment centers by 2020. Well, actually, they've done it already. They did it 18 months early. They've got 50 or more now than 50 of these big, gigantic arrays on their fulfillment centers. So let's hope that they continue. 
I think it's really important. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think it's really important for those companies that can afford it, those individuals that can afford it, to be doing all they can to taking their carbon footprint to zero. Yes, governments need to do it, and in the end, that is the most powerful mover of the needle in terms of carbon. But anybody that can afford to, any individual, any business, they should. And Amazon is such a gigantic business that they really need to be doing this and they need to be doing more, frankly. The next thing we need to get Amazon to do is to get some sort of recycling into their packaging. I got a couple of packages yesterday. They're in plastic bags. And it's like, no, please, Amazon, can you, leader in this area, please get some recycled materials here made of, you know, mycelium or something. But these plastic bubble packs, they've got to go, okay? They've got to go. And I want to see the Amazon truck when it comes up. I want to see it electric, okay? I know there's not that many choices right now, but let's get things moving here. And lastly for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do you remember in one of the earnings calls, actually there was a couple of earnings calls in a row, there was somebody from Peter that would always ask, when are you going to be 100% leather-free in your Teslas? Well, we can now say the Tesla has announced changes to the Model 3 interior such that it is now officially 100% leather-free. So they're now using all synthetic material. Now, on the one hand, that's good, I guess, that we're not killing cows to put them in cars. But on the other hand, we're using plastic, which is just as environmentally disastrous, right? Take it for what it is, and I'm not really sure how to take it. There is no leather in the Model 3 anymore. The last piece of leather was on the steering wheel. It is now officially gone. And just as an aside, just as an aside, you know, I've been talking about the fact that my lease is up on my Model S, and I'm going to go into a Model 3 because that's, uh, you know... It's a car that I'm much more comfortable affording than the Model S, which is super expensive. And I actually like the Model 3 more than the Model S because of the size and the zippiness and the fact that it, and because it's way more efficient in terms of uh, charging it, in terms of the number of electrons I need to shove into it. So lots of good reasons to love the Model 3. And I've been really looking at that white interior and I've been doing some Googling and I've been asking lots of friends who have uh, Model 3s with white interiors. And everybody so far has been pretty positive, saying, like, this Model 3 white interior, which you think would get really dirty easy, is easy to clean and is tolerating things pretty well. And I've got one friend who's had one for over a year, and it's like, it looks great still. So I think I'm going for the white interior. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the show is Elon Dale. It's part of the Talking Tesla Network. My name is Mel Herbert, and, uh, you know, give us a rating or a review. Become a patron. You can listen to the patron show we just posted. You can help the show out, and we'll talk to you in the morrow. And I almost did no ABBA. And I say almost. Super trooper beams are gonna blind me But I won't feel blue Like I always do Cause somewhere in the crowd there's and you may be asking, you may be wondering, why would Mel do that? That's so random just to throw it in there with no pretense for no reason at all. Well, the reason is because Tom hates it. And because Tom hates it, I have to do it. I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah. There you go, Tom. That one's for you.